0: Good morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome to our series entitled Stronger Together. And this is a series today is actually the conclusion of that study. And this is tying in, as we've mentioned uh, throughout this study, tying into Back to Church Sunday. And that, the, that was the theme for Back to Church Sunday, is stronger together. But we've taken a number of weeks here, and just looking at that theme, looking at some of what God's Word has to say about how and when and why we can be stronger together. We've looked at James chapter 2, the description of partiality. Favoritism. And then he offers a prescription. How can we overcome that? We took a look at Ephesians chapter 2, seeing that we were built together even in the midst of a broken world. Last week we took a look at Acts chapter 2 and the, the description of the early church. And it was a reminder for us of our 2020 vision and beyond, how to connect and grow and serve and go. So today, for the conclusion of our study, the conclusion of our series, I want to invite you back to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3. And we're going to be beginning in verse 14. Uh, Many of your Bibles, as you open that up, uh, even digitally, if you've got a, a smartphone or a tablet with you, many of the Bible versions or translations, beginning with verse 14, would mention this as a prayer for the Ephesians. So if we were to give a title for today, we might call it a closing prayer. Now, it's not the close of the book. It's not the close of everything that Paul has written, but it is the conclusion of our study in our series, and it is a prayer. Paul writes in verse 14, he says, he kneels before the Father. In verse 16, he says, I pray that... And in verse 18, he writes, together with all the Lord's people. We are to be together with all the Lord's people. And so we are taking a look at some of this prayer that he has for the Ephesians on how to be stronger together. So first of all, we are stronger together when we welcome God's far-reaching family. Let's look at verse 14, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Everybody comes from God. God has blessed, and God has blessed family after family after family. You are here because of the grace and the provision of God. I am here as a result of that. And when it comes to families, Paul is writing and saying, every single one is welcome." None are excluded. We took a look earlier, as we mentioned in the book of James, when he writes about favoritism or partiality and how those things are not right. When it comes to the body of Christ, when it comes to the family of God, we are all invited, we are all welcome to be a part of the family of God. Aren't you glad that you can be a part of God's family? Now, your family can be interesting. I mean, there's a a wide range of families represented in in our sanctuary and and across those who are watching or listening. So uh, you can smile or chuckle as you start to think about your family tree. But we are blessed in our families, no matter how interesting those family trees are. But when it comes to God it comes to His family... Paul's writing and saying we can be a part. All are welcome. God's plan is for you and I to reach out to other people with the good news, with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and nobody is excluded. Now understand, to be a part of God's family, you respond to what God has done through his son, Jesus Christ. All are welcome, but we must respond. All are invited, but we repent, we confess, we turn from our sins, we turn to God, and we can become a part of God's family. You see, unfortunately, in some cases, many people are saying, well, everybody's a part of God's family, and and God loves everyone. That is correct. But we need to respond to what He has done for us, and allow Him to make us part of that family. The good news... All are welcome. And we are to invite all. Here's the thing, we don't know what God has been doing in somebody's heart and life. Who knows but that God might use you, God might use me to speak to somebody, to encourage someone, to point someone to Christ. Maybe he uses us to, to be a little part of that salvation journey of somebody turning and responding Christ. Even someone who seems to be far from God, they are welcome. We can welcome God's far-reaching family. Now, jump back, if you're in Ephesians chapter 3, just jump back a number of verses to verse 6, and Paul writes that this mystery is that through the gospel, Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of in Christ Jesus. He's writing about the Gentiles. We've covered that split and that division before. Jews and Gentiles. Gentiles and Jews didn't really get along. Jews would, would look to the Gentiles spiritually as being outside of this body, outside of these believers. And yet, here's what it says in a different version of translation. New living. It says, this is God's plan. Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news... Share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. That's heirs. If you are a part of a family, you are an heir. You have a part of whatever that family has. He says then, both are part of the same body. We're members together of the body. Both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. Nobody is to be considered an outsider. They are welcome to respond to the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every single one is welcome to respond. Aren't you thankful somebody shared the good news with you? For many, that might be a number of years ago. Aren't you thankful that family member spoke into your life? Aren't you thankful that that friend or that coworker or that neighbor or that individual at school, wherever it was, whomever it was, that encouraged you or invited you or spoke to you or challenged you, aren't you thankful somebody spoke up into your life? That they didn't look to you as that person who was an outsider, that person who was beyond all that God could do. Because understand the truth. There is not one individual outside of the reach of God's grace. Take a look at the individuals that you know in your life. It could be family members, could be friends, co-workers, neighbors. I would, I would venture to say there's at least somebody that you might picture and you think this person would never, ever, turn to Christ. You have somebody like that in your mind? Someone whose heart seems hardened to God, hardened to the gospel, and yet that person is welcome. That person is invited to be a part of God's family. They can respond to the message. They can respond to the good news. No one is beyond the reach of God's grace. I'm thankful that His grace reached out to me. Now, I was not a hardened criminal. I I must confess. I grew up in a godly home. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in a pastor's home. I, I was not on death row. I was not imprisoned. I was a young boy, five or six or seven years old, when I gave my life to Jesus. But whatever my life was like before, it involved and included sin. Whatever your life was like before Christ involved and included sin. But God. But God came and and cleansed and has forgiven. So no matter what your life was like before Christ, when you turn to him, when you surrender your life to him, When you repent and allow him to cleanse and to forgive you, you become a part of God's family. It's a far-reaching family. There are people here in Alger that are a part of the body of Christ. There are people around our county that are a part of the body of Christ. There are people around our state that are a part of the body of Christ. Catch this. There are even people a part of that state up north that are part of the body of Christ there are people all around our nation around our world that are a part of the body of Christ it is a far reaching family and part of how we're stronger together is we welcome those family members understand someone who is who seems to be far away, who knows what God might be working upon their heart. So reach out to them. Speak out to them in the good news of Jesus Christ. Begin to see everyone as a potential follower of Christ. You see, don't we tend to, unfortunately, put labels on people? You meet somebody and you've got immediately an impression of somebody. What do we call those? The first impressions, right? You never get a second chance to make a what? First impression. And so we meet somebody for the first time and, and based on their personality or based on their look or their dress or their this or their that, we formulate some opinions. Chances are, you and I might have some impressions or opinions of people and we might say, "Whoo." whew, so-and-so, they seem really, really far from God. And -and so-and-so over here, maybe they seem pretty close. Like, they might be receptive to God. But only God can change the heart. We don't know. That individual that, to our vantage point, seems like they would be really, really receptive, they might never, ever respond. And that other individual over here that we looked to and we saw, they seem to have such a hardened heart. They will never respond to God. Maybe they would choose to turn and surrender and submit their lives to Jesus Christ. So let's change our mindset. Let's change that, that impression spiritually to say everybody that we come in contact with, family member, friend classmate, co-worker, neighbor, etc., they could be a potential follower of Jesus Christ, we would be able to welcome them into God's far-reaching family. Maybe they've not come to God yet, but who knows but what God might do in their heart and in their life. We're stronger together when we welcome God's far-reaching family and we reach out to them with the good news of Jesus Christ. Secondly, we're stronger together when we receive God's dynamic power. Continue Ephesians chapter 3 and 16 and following. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Receive God's dynamic power. Now, Let's let's kind of take a, a scan of the congregation here. Go ahead and, and kind of show show your muscle. Just just kind of flex. Flex or, or, or let's attempt to flex and, and kind of kind of show that to the one next to you, right? We we might think that we've got some power. We might think that we've got some strength. But we're stronger when we receive God's power. He says. He prays that God would strengthen you with power through His Spirit. God is able to empower, God is able to equip us in the power of the Holy Spirit. We must rely on His strength and His power and not our own. Now, I get it. We can be rather strong willed, we talked about that, and we can have strengthening of ourselves, we can make things happen. But there are still so many things we can't make happen. We don't have the strength. We must trust and rely on his power, not in what we can come up with. Maybe you heard the old story, true or not, about a woodsman. He came out of the woods into town looking for supplies. He was in need of a number of items, including a brand new act. But in town and in the store, he saw an advertisement for a chainsaw. It was guaranteed to cut down twice as many trees in one day as any previous model. Well, he eagerly purchased the saw. A week later, however, he was back in the store and in some very descriptive terms demanded his money back. When asked why, the woodsman replied, Well, with my old axe, I could chop down 10 trees in a day. But with this dumb thing, I'm lucky if I can drop one or two trees. The store owner was puzzled. He, he looked the machine over carefully. He, he checked the chain. He checked the cord and, and uh, checked the spark plug, and everything seemed uh, to be in order. So he flipped the switch and pulled the cord to get it started. As the chainsaw roared to life, the woodsman jumped back and exclaimed, What's that noise? Okay, true or not, the principle of the story is true. He was trying to do everything in his own strength, in his own power. He's replacing the axe with a chainsaw. And you can imagine if you're taking a chainsaw and trying to manually and physically cut down a tree, it's not going to go over very well. He didn't realize all of the strength. He didn't realize all of the might, all of the power that that chainsaw had. He was not utilizing what he already had. Unfortunately, that's a a lot like you and a lot like me many times, right? We try to face struggles and difficulties in life, and we try to do it in our own strength. We try to do it in our own power. We try to do it with what we have rather than what God has in store. It's like trying to use the chainsaw but not starting it up. There's a whole resource, a whole wealth of power that we've got access to that many times we're, we're not accessing. Paul says he prays that God would strengthen you with power. How? Through his Spirit. He promises to empower us with his spirit. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then he said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's that's power to be a witness. It's not because of who you are or who I am and, and the strength and power we have on our own. He says, I'm going to equip you. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you to seek the power of the Holy Spirit. When we don't utilize the strength, when we don't utilize the power that God has, we can often get a little frustrated because things aren't happening. But the reason is we're trying to do them in our own strength. We're trying to do them in our own power. And Paul says he wants to strengthen you with power in and through his spirit. The promise of the Holy Spirit, it's a promise, it's a gift. Ask and receive, be filled, be refilled in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. Understand, God has power over anything that you or I face. Aren't you glad for that? Because, let's face it, we face a lot of things. We face a lot of things in our physical bodies, true? Many of you, perhaps even right here, right now, today, you're facing something in your physical body, and you don't have the strength to face it. Let's do so and receive God's dynamic power, which includes God's power to heal. I'm thankful for that. Oh, we'll trust him. We'll pray for God to heal and to strengthen your body with his power. Aren't you thankful that he has the power over financial difficulties? We look at things in our physical body. How, are we, how in the world are we going to face this? God has the power to heal. And we look at things financially and say, How can I take care of this? God has all the, the resources to supply financially. God's got power over family issues and relationships. We look at uh, situations with family members or friends or coworkers or et cetera. We say, how in the world can this be resolved? In our strength and our might and maybe our intellect, we can't, but we can turn to and trust and rely upon God's power through his Holy Spirit. He's got power over the storms of life, power over doubt that you and I face, power over war, power over fear, power over whatever you and I might face. So think about it. Right now, whatever the number one difficulty, whatever it is that you are facing right now, think about it. Get it in your mind. Get it in your head. And after you've thought of that, be reminded of this fact. God is more powerful. God is greater than what you have just visualized, what you have just thought about. Yes, it seems massive. It seems monumental physically, financially, relationally, etc. God is stronger and more powerful. We're stronger together as a body of Christ. We're stronger together when we receive His dynamic power through the Holy Spirit. I invite you and I encourage you to seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit or to be refilled in the power of and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't just have to be on a Sunday morning, it can be a Monday or throughout the week. We say, God, I can't make it through today. I've got to trust and rely upon your strength. We're stronger when we welcome God's far reaching family, we're stronger when we receive God's dynamic power through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, we're stronger when we grasp God's unfathomable love. Checking out the last part of verse 17 and following, he says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, there's that word again, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, that's a powerful short passage of Scripture. Maybe you've noticed it, but this third thought is kind of an oxymoron, right? Two things or thoughts that don't really make sense. How can you grasp something that's unfathomable? That's challenging, right? But that's kind of what Paul wrote. He says, I pray that you can grasp how wide and long and high and deep is his love. That seems unfathomable. And then he says, to know the love that surpasses knowledge. Know something that's unsurpassable. Know something that's unfathomable. That's a good thing to to have an unlimited supply of, and that's his love. Someone described the love of God this way with a few of the words from this verse. They said, God's love was as high as heaven itself. God's love went down into the very bowels of hell to draw us to God. God's love was as deep as the pain he bore when he carried our sins away. And God's love was as wide as the length of his arms as he was nailed to the cross. That's a powerful and mighty and expansive and unfathomable love. But try to try to grasp just a, a glimpse of that. How can you say no to a love that, that is that powerful and that strong and that mighty? I read a story about a man not too far away in Dayton a number of years ago who found a unique way to propose to his girlfriend. He hired an airplane to fly over the city, pulling a banner that simply read, Judy, I love you. Will you marry me? Was that you, Mel? Okay. Judy accepted the proposal by simply saying, how can you say no to that? In other words, how can you say no to to such an incredible gesture, this, this incredible and expansive gesture of love? I would submit to you, when we take a look at the love of God expressed in Jesus Christ, his death upon the cross, I would ask you the same thing. How can we say no to that? A love that's so strong. A love that looks past our past. A love that looks over our failures to say, I'm going to cleanse and to forgive you and give you a brand new start as you come to me, as you repent and confess and turn to me. How can you say no to a love like that? Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and for me. Now, it's difficult, we say, to grasp this unfathomable love. It's hard to to grasp and completely understand it. But how many of you know we can truly experience God's love on a personal way? He transforms us from sinners into saints. C.S. Lewis wrote this, He loved us not because we were lovable, but because He is love. It's easy to love the lovable, right? But how about the unlovable? I would venture to say you and I have some of those that you come in contact with every so often. Maybe some more often than not. And the unlovable ones are kind of hard to love. Maybe they're a little prickly around the edges. The quote says, He loved us not because we were lovable, many of us were not he loved us because god is love not because of who we are he loved us in spite of ourselves romans 5 8 he said but god commended his love toward us in this while we were yet sinners christ died for us it's it's easy to love the lovable right it's a little harder to love the unlovable. Or, you know, you think about family members and friends. It's, it's easy to love those who love you. But those who hate and oppose you, it's very difficult. Even, even in households and families and friendships, it's easier to love someone when they're doing good than when they're maybe a little more rascally. True? Just as I'm sure we are often a, a, a little bit more loved, perhaps, the, the better that we are. Every so often, we'll throw in some personal illustrations. I'm going to skip the girls for today, but I'm going to talk about my son, the four-legged, furry son, Shadow. It's about a week ago or so, and and uh, had, had a meal. Kim had prepared a meal. I think we had kind of a, a, a crazy, hectic, busy evening, and so I ended up kind of eating, I think, by myself, and Kim was taking the girls somewhere, and so I'm finishing up uh, my, my plate, and I was saving. I had this piece of pumpkin bread, and, and I'd eaten about half of it, so I had half a slice of pumpkin bread covered with some butter, and I was, I was ready to leave that for the end. So I, I put that half a piece of pumpkin bread on a napkin, kind of on the, uh, uh, the end table next to the couch there. And, and I go in to the kitchen. I'm going uh, to bring Shadow with me, of course. And I, we go into the kitchen. I place my, uh, my plate in the sink. And while I'm rinsing it off, my son leaves me. He darts with a vengeance back into the family room hops up on the couch, and by the time I make my way back in, he is gobbling the last piece of my pumpkin bread that Kimmy had made for me and us. So I run in, I'm yelling, Shadow, down! Well, he got down, but he took the whole pumpkin bread with him. And I'm chasing him around the family room. He's darting every which way. There's pumpkin bread flying. I was kind of irritated and frustrated. I, I went and picked him up and I went and, and I put him back in his cage for a while. He ate the rest of the pumpkin bread. Now listen. I love that little dog. He's cute and fluffy and furry and and he is mostly good. But at that moment, there was not a whole lot of feelings of love welling up within me. I was frustrated. You and I do the same thing. We might not steal the other person's pumpkin bread. But based on what we do and how we respond, sometimes we're a little more lovable than other times. Aren't you thankful God's love for you and me is not like my love for shadow or our love for another individual? It goes up and down. We might love the individual. I love Shadow overall. But at that moment, at that instant, that love had decreased, right? Aren't you thankful God love? God's love does not decrease. There's nothing you or I can do to make him love us more. There's nothing you or I can do that makes him love us less. He loves you and me like crazy. He wants us to become a part of his family. And Paul's saying, receive and grasp this unfathomable love. Oh, we're not going to fully understand it. But again, this is part of Paul's prayer. Somehow, to catch a glimpse of how high and wide and long and high and deep this love is. It doesn't matter where we live. Doesn't matter what we look like, He loves us. Doesn't matter what we've done. Doesn't matter how much we have, He loves us. Feeling lonely, neglected, forgotten, He loves us. He loves you, He loves me. And in His Son, Jesus Christ, He demonstrated it. He showed it. He gave Jesus for you and for me that we might respond to that incredible message and gospel of hope in his son, Jesus Christ. He purchased our salvation. Jesus, who is spotless and sinless, died on the cross in your place and in my place, who have definitely sinned. See, we're stronger together when we welcome God's far-reaching family, when we receive God's dynamic power in the Holy Spirit, and when we grasp, best we can, his unfathomable love. Finally today, we're stronger together when we imagine God's immeasurable resources. Verse 20 and 21, these are a a powerful couple of verses to close the chapter and to close this prayer. He says, now to him who is able, let's just stop right there. To him who is able. You ever feel like you are just not able? You feel unable. I'm unable to do this. I'm unable to do that. I don't have the strength and the power and the resources. I am unable to accomplish what I want to accomplish. Paul says to him who is able. God is able. Able to do what? Able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Stop right there. How many of you do a lot of asking You ask for this, you ask for that. You do a lot of asking. Others of you maybe do a lot of imagining. How many of you are good imagination people, right? Your mind's just always imagining something. This is pretty powerful. Paul says he's able to do immeasurably more than we can ask. Immeasurably more than we could imagine. How? How? according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Paul's saying, try to catch a glimpse of, try to imagine these immeasurable resources. You don't have it. You don't have the strength, you don't have the power, but you also don't have the rest of the resources, but he does. Catch a glimpse of and imagine them. He's able to do far more, far more abundantly, immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine. That is huge. We might say it this way. I can't. And God says, but I can. I can't do this, God says, but I can. I can't provide this, God says, but I can. Jesus said, with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. He is able. Nothing is too great for him. Nothing is beyond his reach. Nothing is impossible for God to do in your situation. One commentary writes it like this. God's capacity to meet his people's spiritual needs far exceeds anything they can either request in prayer or conceive of by way of anticipation. In other words, it's impossible to think of and ask too much of God. He's able to do even more than all we could ask or imagine. That's the strength, that's the might, that's the power, that's the resources that he has. You and I, our resources are limited. Our finances and funds run out at some point. Our physical strength runs out at some point. The, the relational energy that we have, it runs out at some point. God's resources are immeasurable. You and God, you're able to handle everything together nothing's going to happen that you can't handle with God what is our source what are what are we depending on what are we trying to stand upon many people stand upon finances our finances unfortunately are here one minute and gone the next and we can't take them with us true What's the old phrase? Old, old, old. I remember my dad using this, right? You don't see the hearse pulling a U-Haul. Preachers have used that, that quote for decades. We can't take our wealth, whatever resources we do have, we can't take it with us. So if we depend on finances, that's going to fall through. Many people depend on things or possessions. But our possessions wear out. Our possessions break down. Our possessions go out of style. And guess what? Someone always has more. Someone always has something newer or better or more of. So if we depend on stuff, we're going to fall short. Many people try to rely on or depend upon education. Education is an excellent thing. But there is not one person who knows it all. Although we might have met some people who think that they do. There's a lot of things that we can try to depend on, but ultimately God has the resources. We depend on people. Even the best people are imperfect. Even the, the best people, unfortunately, can let us down at some point in time, but not God. God has unlimited resources. God has immeasurable resources. Paul says, understand, he's able to do it. The need in your life, the need in your body, the need in your finances, the need in your relationships, the need, whatever it is that we're facing that we don't have the resources to somehow line up to, God has them. And we're stronger when we imagine, when we catch a glimpse of his immeasurable resources. So Paul writes this prayer to the Ephesians as the encouragement to you and I that we're stronger together as we welcome God's far-reaching family. He says we're stronger together when we receive God's dynamic power through his Holy Spirit. We're stronger together when we catch a glimpse of him, we grasp his unfathomable love. And lastly, we're stronger together when we imagine his immeasurable resources.